Hello, all right, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you're listening to Spork Poetry. My name's Chris White. For those of you who don't know, Spork is a regular poetry night that happens in Exeter, in Devon. And because uh, we can't all meet up and have any live events at the moment, what we thought we'd do is start a podcast like every other fucker. Um, so this is the first one. Uh, we've got some really beautiful contributions coming up from uh, some amazing artists. We've got our headliner, Carmina Masolova, coming up a little bit later. And in the meantime, we've also got contributions from Malaika Kugodi, MCMC Spoken and Laurie eaves and speaking of which our first contribution here is a recording sent in from laurie uh laurie eaves is a really uh quite amazing poet based in london uh he's someone who i've been a fan of since i uh met a couple of years ago i absolutely love his writing he'll be reading a few poems from his new book biceps which is published with burning eye books and yeah this is his performance that he sent in to us so Take it away, Laurie. Hey there, lovely sport people. My name is Laurie Eves, and I'm sorry that I can't be down with you in Exeter today um, for Spork. I've been looking forward to it, had it all booked in my diary, even booked the train tickets. But sadly, as we all know, nobody's going anywhere at the moment. Um, as Chris has asked me instead to record a few poems for you for the podcast, um, which I'm really looking forward to um, hearing what everyone else has to say in it. Uh, So I'm going to do you a few poems from my new book, uh, which is called Biceps. Uh, It came out back in March on Burning Eye Books, which, you know, is obviously a great time to release a new book at the height of a global pandemic. Um, So if you do like it and want to support uh, me and the book, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, it at the end. But uh, it's a narrative poetry collection in three parts. um, And I'm going to do a few poems from the third part today and they're all about uh hope and rebuilding and i think though that that's a really important thing for for us all to be thinking about right now um so i hope you like these uh i'm going to start by doing a poem called joey um which uh if you don't know joey's are um baby kangaroos but i'm sure you all do know know that joey You start out no more than a kidney bean. Crawl your way up to the comfort of a pouch. Soon you sprout roots that become firm-muscled legs, a long nose, triangle ears. Eventually, you have a head. Grow tall enough to peek out. Half in, half out, you take your first long look. Choke on fresh air. There is so much world just outside. Shrinking, you bury back into the safe warmth. There will be days when you'll wish more than anything to return here, to be nothing. So take your time. The world will still be here when you're ready to jump in. Carrying on the animal theme, I'm going to do a poem now about uh, pufferfish. uh, And it's called Pufferfish. I'm very good with titles. Stress is a pufferfish. Starts out small then swells bigger and bigger in my head. Sometimes it grows so enormous I can see the spines. But no matter how big it balloons, it never ever pops. I try to remember. Although things seem huge and scary now, they won't always be that way. I just need to let some pressure out. Squeeze the fish tightly till it wilts back to its normal size. One day I'll look back at it. Laugh at how cute it seems now and smile as it swims away. The next one uh, is about something that I'm not really able to do very much at the moment, um, which is running. Um, I love running, but unfortunately, uh, obviously with our government mandated exercise, woohoo, we're not always being able to uh, do what we want to. Um, So I'm going to do a couple of poems moving on from animals, uh, more about exercise now. So hopefully this gives you your fix your daily workout uh, that you're maybe not getting at the moment. Um, So this one's called Running. Running starts when I fail to meditate. Try to clean my mind with a bucket and sponge when it's a water cannon firing back. At night, the echo of my heartbeat on my pillow keeps my eyes wide. My brain is an oozing wound praying for soothing sutures, a cure. 
Dan at work runs. I have legs. I can do that. At home, I pull on my jeans. I have no shorts. Tie up my flat-soled trainers, head out of the house. Now, I don't know how a kilometre works yet. Just move quicker than normal. My brain is so busy avoiding an asthma attack, it can't process anything else. After 30 minutes, I stop, halfway around a park, calmer. Months race by underfoot, pounding my panic into the pavement each time I need to hit pause. Learning to stay upright, putting one foot in front of the other. I'm going to do a poem now, which is the title poem of the collection. Um, it's called Biceps, and it's also about uh, exercise. On a whim, I buy a 30 kilo... Uh, fuck it. I'm going to start again, and I'm going to leave this in because, you know, podcasts and, you know, imperfections are beautiful. On a whim, I buy a 30 kilo set of weights in Argos. The polo neck shopkeeper asks how I'll get them home. I wave at my wonky purple suitcase. He snorts. I haul the weights back to the flat. Count this as my first workout. Take my puffer twice. Find a video online of a buff American instructor. He calls himself coach and probably eats whey protein. For the next 12 weeks, I learn to tell dumbbells from barbells, biceps from triceps. Feel my upper back muscles for the first time in 27 years. Wear shorts in winter, even when the boiler breaks. Become better. Start feeling a discipline I've been missing my whole life. A pen is a lot lighter than your own body weight. Cool, I'm going to do a couple more. Um, this one is called The Cure. I'm just going to have a sip of water first, which you, know, you can imagine because it's audio. The cure. There's a simple cure-all for everything. A single, one-size-fits-all solution. Take all the energy you waste hurting yourself and turn it to healing yourself. Drink apple juice instead of cider. Flush your smoky lungs with mountain air. Get high on exercise, punk rock and poetry. Don't sleep with people you don't respect. If the world isn't showing you love, show it so much love it's embarrassed into reciprocating. Make more time for your friends. Always buy birthday presents. Go to gigs on your own. Don't wait to be asked. Know yourself. Write so much your wrists ache. Run so fast your body begs for broccoli. Bring your brain and body together in natural tandem. Remember you were not built to be caged in an office or trapped watching box sets in bed sits. You're an animal. Act like one. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to do one more very, very short poem, um, and it's called Tandem. And uh, it's about hope. On Upper Street, a woman pedals a bicycle made for two. Damned if she's going to let it go to waste. And that's it. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, my name's been Laurie Eaves. Uh, the book uh, that I've been reading from today is called Biceps. Um, it's out on Burning Eye. You can grab a copy if you liked what you heard at my Big Cartel site, which is laurieeves.bigcartel.co.uk. Um, it's not even that. It's laurieeves.bigcartel.com. Big that's L-A-U-R-I-E-E-A-V-E-S at bigcartel.co.com. Um, you can also grab a copy at Burning Eyes website, burningeye.co.uk, um, or wherever you get your books. Um, if you liked it, um, please let other people know. Um, it's very difficult releasing a book at this point in time, uh, as I'm sure you can imagine. And yeah, stay safe, stay at home. Don't forget to wash your hands every 20 seconds. No, for 20 seconds, not every 20 seconds. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to make it down and see you guys soon at some point. Have a lovely rest of whatever time you are currently in. Goodbye. Yo, it's Mr. More or Less from Devon Boys. You're listening to Sport. Next up, we have got the incredible Malika Kagodi. Malika, if you don't know her work, uh, she's uh, just, just such 
an amazing, beautiful poet. Uh, she's also the host of Milk Poetry in Bristol. Uh, for all of our artists, uh, I'm going to be giving a little bit more information about uh, where you can find them, how you can get in touch if you'd like to, and uh, where to buy any books or other merchandise that they have at the end of the show. But for now, this is Malaika Kugodi. January feels like so long ago. But back in January, I produced an event at the Watershed in Bristol, which is an independent cinema, uh, celebrating musical films. Um, musicals are like my truest love. So this event was such a dream to produce. And at the beginning of our evening event, it was an all day event, but at the beginning of the evening showcase, I had written a poem about movie musicals um, to read. And I would like to read that to you now. Whether it be a DVD menu, urgently repeating a snippet of its titular song, that song that everybody knows out of context, which is brutalised again and again at late night karaoke. Whether it be the vibrations of an orchestra warming up, conductor tapping their baton, intaking a breath of anticipation, there's something magic in them. These stories that demand to be felt through your skin. The songs that stick in your head then sing you to sleep. When I was a kid, I'd wear out the tapes, rewinding and rewatching Albert Finney inexplicably tap dancing in front of an elephant in Annie. Because, you know, why not tap dance in front of an elephant? Why not live so large that tap dancing in front of an elephant feels inevitable and fitting? I always felt that my emotions were too large for a voice so small. I felt life might break me open so inelegantly. But there's something life-saving in John Travolta's hips. There's even some salvation to be found in John Travolta in a fat suit fighting segregation. When music swells and everybody knows the chorus. When bodies seem weightless and free from the burden of logic, things seem to make more sense. So give me stormy weather. Give me Nicholas Brothers dancing downstairs, jerry curls falling loose. Give me a refrain. Give me Tim Curry in a corset. Give me Patti Lapone telling everyone off. Give me Melody. Give me Technicolor. Give me Judy, make her happy. Give me MGM. Give me Frozen 2. Give me 525,600 minutes. Give me Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Give me... Beyonce in Dreamgirls. Give me Anika Nonny Rose in Dreamgirls. Give her some credit. Give me bodies in motion. Give me the chance to say I love musicals. Without apologetic, embarrassed tones. Give me something to believe in. And give it subtitles. So we can all sing along. Something that I have missed... Um, over this period of lockdown, which I did not expect to miss at all. I think this has happened to all of us. It's like little things in life that we didn't really appreciate at all. In fact, a lot of the time we found them really tedious and boring. Uh, but I really miss getting the bus. I miss waiting at the C9 bus stop in Bristol, which takes me up the road um, where I can get out and wander around Tesco and Sainsbury's pick up some food and then walk home from there. I just really missed that routine. Um, and I wrote this poem uh, a little while ago, actually, but it resonates more now. And it's called Waiting at C9. Um, and here's a salute to buses and, and the hope that soon we will all be able to get the bus again and just dawdle home without panicking and worrying. Waiting at C9. Is beauty to be found at the bus stop? Even in the chewing gum pavement, even in the echo of cigarette smoke, there is beauty. There is beauty to be found in the queuing, even in the loose change on plastic, even in the mechanical heat of the back seat, there is beauty. Or something like it. Something that blooms only when you begin to belong to a place. When your rhythms align with normality. There is beauty in feeling normal in a place so strange. And there is solace in knowing which numbers will always lead you back home. 
Hi, this is Carmina Masolova and you're listening to Spork. Next, we are going to be travelling back down to the southwest, more specifically to Cornwall, uh, because our next featured artist is MCMC Spoken, aka Megan Chapman. Uh, Meg is a writer, a spoken word performer and workshop facilitator who makes a lot of work that is has its roots in rap and hip-hop. Um, she does a lot of stuff that's very political and very uh, socially conscious and orientated. So she'd written a poem recently uh, about the coronavirus and the UK's response to it. Um, called The Coronation and I really wanted to play that because it's a really powerful piece but I also wanted to just play a little bit of a conversation that me and Meg had recently over Zoom so this is just us chatting uh, for a few minutes Uh, I cut this from a very what ended up being a couple of hours long conversation because she's just so brilliant to chat to Um, so this is a little tiny bit of that conversation it's me and megan talking about some of her work and about her poem the coronation which you'll be hearing shortly because i don't think there's ever a definitive answer for anything anyone ever experiences because it's only what they're experiencing and i'm only one person offering my voice and i used to say i was giving people a voice And then I thought, no, because you're not that person. I'm giving my interpretation of their voice. Mm. And that's all it ever is. And sometimes I started writing it, that poem, for instance, and I started to really form opinions. So I was starting to say things like, people are really judging surfers in Cornwall for surfing, whilst there's no real advice, but the reality is you really shouldn't be surfing. Do you know what I mean? I won't tell you whether or not I went surfing, by the way. You can try and work that bit out for yourself. But but during that real moment where people were really naming and shaming and blaming all that shit that people do on, on social media. And I really thought about it. And and for me, it was like, there's no, there's no simple way through. It's about people are annoyed. And the ones that got really annoyed were normally those people that formed a really hard line like, don't do that, yes do that, can't do that, I will do that. Then someone else was testing it and pushing it and playing it around with it a bit and they were like, no, because they were upset because they had made this decision that was kind of like their then their personality and they'd mouthed off about it. And then they couldn't be like, okay, I can go surfing, I can do that because they'd formed save the NHS, save lives, it's all black and white. But but what I guess my poetry links it, nothing's ever black and white. And my feelings are never constant. I'm very flaky. I I know all my inner demons and I try and work through them. And I don't think I can ever claim something so strong and powerful. And I think there's some amazing poets who do say really strong, meaningful stuff that is really black and white and they can seal the deal. But I don't think I ever can seal the deal because I don't think I know myself enough. And I don't think I'm ever committed enough to what I say. And, and I think that that's okay and I, and I accept that part of me and I kind of offer that opportunity to others that we don't need to get through a poem and then at the end of it I say I'm this, I'm this, I'm this and if you're that then we are this. It's not, it, it, it's not about that, it's about us all finding our own way through a weird maze and emotions and the fact that we change. I'm not who I was last week necessarily I'm most of who I was but there's bits that are different so I guess that's the point so with the Boris Johnson thing I think the part I connect he's human you know and then I thought about the Boris bikes and the environmental stuff he did in his own way and people will slate me right now for saying that and and I don't think it's great I think it's awful and I'm, I'm far from the right wing but then I realized maybe it isn't about being right enough because he's a human and I watched this really cool speaker talk about people like Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and all these people that we're so quick to go, that's so awful. And it is so awful, but he's one person that has his experience. And I think the only way we can change things is if we meet them with compassion and fresh eyes and an ear to listen. And it can't just be one person's view not one person can be accountable because there's so many people and interwebs and twines and puppetry amongst all systems 
But I think where we go wrong is, 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 is labeling anything and anyone. And that's why I fucking love the way that there's so many labels for like sexuality and gender and stuff these days. Like when I was growing up, it was like there was three set things. Um, luckily I fit into one wholeheartedly, I think, which is great. But I mean, I think we're expanding our minds more and more now. So I hope that answers it. I, I just don't see things black and white. And, and actually I thought Boris was being kind and trying his best in the middle of an absolute shitty situation. I mean, he saw it coming months and months ago, so he is accountable. But there's a lot of other people, a lot of other things. And I think it's about being open to things, changing yes. as well. Yeah, I, I feel like, I, I yeah, I, I really like that. I feel like that is kind of, it's one of those things where people always say, uh, you know, when people say things like, oh, but is poetry still relevant today and all of that kind of stuff? And you're just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> but then you're trying to think about it and you're like, well, what is poetry actually doing? But it's, yeah. it's a way of organising and processing your thoughts and... Uh, a way of kind of balancing those things up and just um yeah and, and like you say yeah. it is only it's only you and you know you, you know you're not speaking for a whole group of people you're not speaking for the nation you're not speaking mm. for this you're not even really speaking for yourself you're just speaking mm. you know and you're and trying mm. to do that as like honestly as you can um yeah absolutely i tell you have you ever heard Le leonard cohen the um, I love Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I do. And he was saying one about the plague coming, and he was still alive then. And I was listening to it on the way to the surf this morning at like crazy o'clock. So I always go in the morning before work. And um, he was and he was saying this poem about about um, um, about uh, this plague. Like there's a plague coming, and it just like it was like whoa the virus, but it was so profound. And I was like fuck, maybe he knew there was this like crazy coronavirus coming. Mm. He's also like he was Jewish, and he changed up his views around um, religion, and he was quite open. And he was just like oh, I just yeah, I just love his lyrics. I could go on about that all day, but it doesn't answer your thirty six questions. So shut up. Oh, I haven't really got a whole 36 questions. Oh, Sorry. good. I was, I, I didn't know if you did. I just thought you really wouldn't get your shopping in, boy. No, I, um, Meg, I actually do need to go shopping now because I, uh... All right. How long's our, how long's our podcast going to be for the people out there and the... Well, I, I'm going to cut this down into something. I don't know what. Uh... I don't think you should. I think you should just do one long take. And if people aren't interested, then... Fuck it. me enough or you enough, you can join in on it. <laughs> okay, maybe. Um, you don't have to, mate. It's fine. Your, your, your podcast. What we are definitely going to play is your poem, uh, The Coronation. Um, yeah, and it is it's a beautiful piece. Um, so Thank you. People listening, that, yeah. was, that was Megan Chapman, a.k.a. Hello. Spoken. Yeah. <laughs> saying hello again. And also saying a goodbye. Love me, love me, say that you love me. This is a customer services announcement. This poem has been homemade due to the coronavirus lockdown. Please excuse the unproduced one take, no further production. I endeavour to be back in the studio with the producer as soon as possible. Thank you, Megan Chapman, aka MCMC Spoken. The Coronation Ironic whilst in social isolation The first time I felt connected to my nation I'm feeling both the yin and yang So much blaming and shaming and It's in our culture social handlers provide its backing It's us and them self divides keep happening It's like the voting pattern all over again Everyone's got a social comment in Like social distancing whether you've stuck to the suggested hour when exercising, listing what we're not doing. Government knew months ago, let down, not protected, here we go, a giant shit show, confused I try to work out what I don't know. Cleverly worded daily speeches greet us. In the meantime, when did I start conforming? It's worrying, I'm nodding along to Boris Johnson, surprisingly liking where he's coming from. It was mentioned to me, maybe it's not as simple as being right or left, there's a lot I don't get, and most of both sides I reject. Set on each other a burning flag, turn their back. Business as usual, keep the rich fat. Stolen lives, there's no payout to fix that. The NHS is similarly becoming a war hero's equivalent. Funny it takes a pandemic to get true recognition. 
The privatisation meant they're buying back their own bed, the Queen's risen her head, be the face for this nightmare. Historically, after the Welsh mining disaster, she wasn't there. She flew down too late, delaying the death stare, embedded on her currency, arguably still bringing it in. On a personal note, I connect with our sovereign. And I loved her offerings of words, she is living history to me. Empathy, I imagine her internal sufferings and difficulties. Ring fence puppetry in an unreachable kingdom. Identify with this hanging off her words well written. Whilst Boris has been rushed off to the hospital wing. It's private, on private, in private, I'm guessing. Equality is a word which we've preserved and never felt coming. Step away, step away, we're practising social distancing. This has been happening for years at number 10. We had boxes around us and certification long before the pandemic stepped in. Communities at last finding hubs of power. We've got you family, neighbour. We've got you friend, I've clocked you stranger. And before this would have never happened. Connection, different parts of a chained anchor. Never found it easier to say thank you. My community in unity, around the globe speaking more open and fluently. Loosely exposing the best and worst when hurt. Grief will always do this, a familiar feeling surges. I found myself reminded having cited those unreachable words. Pink and blue skies doesn't suit the mood. Why is the weather always beautiful for funerals? Personally, my moral compass is unsure, lost light in thick fog on dark moor. Compassion and empathy have hit an all-time need. Harboured intolerance has opened its floodgates from what I can see. I'm conflicted by the tone close to home. Drone footage capturing examples out of you and me. Whilst back up the line at number 10, it's been locked down for years. Now we need them, let's renew visas. Jesus, it took more than two wars and all the help back then to teach us. Still, we voted for the blue boards in fields meeting waste-damaged rivers, whilst pesticides continue killing us. All noticing, appreciating the improvement of pollution outdoors. I just can't pretend, comprehend it will change when we return to normal. Already seen next holiday destination tweets. I work hard, I deserve more hashtags, news feeds. I want to believe in change, but I feel consumerism entitlement has paved its way into our core until the very end. Grounded, the planet's ecosystem reminds me that this is war. It's re-showing us its beauty no longer silenced by our tread. This won't be the first pandemic to wash upon our shores. We're at global crisis tipping point. This disaster marks much more. How much nicer life is when we preserve all life's very core? Will the planes line up on the floor like the corpses at the morgue? The untouchable sets of golden wings for once are commonly ignored. Right now, the NHS is a beaming metaphor. Frontline key workers serve us at 8pm we clap as drops of sweat fall down the kiosk workers' back. And the bus drivers drive on knowing the virus may attack. We're trapped, set out to destroy our pack. Leading experts, but we deport it to make extra. I run my finger over the Union Jack and try to recognise the texture. Kindness is our biggest antivirus, suffering we can awaken in the dark. We're not one or the other, our shadow carries the same like Mark. Middle class views circulate in my ears, submission to my own privileges. Mine is obvious as a primary school well done badge, joined in the bulk buying and pretend I hadn't had. The privileged drive out to join us in the country to ride it out. Shh, just rest your weary, valued head. Domestic violence will rise, victims cry, muffled in self-isolation. The cufflinks were on long before the coronavirus came in. Following orders has built borders. Killed billions under military, this is what war does. So Meg, stop fucking nodding your head along, use your brain and tongue. It's only a matter of time before fascism. We'll be fucked if we keep skipping along. As lost as we may feel, searching for a new door, we can't return through the same one. But remember, it was broken long before. Yo, it's Mr. More or Less from Devon Boys. You're listening to Spork. This is Life and Exeter. Thank you. 
Yeah. Just so you know we're getting leaners Got the batch of grey cause today we're hitting Phoenix It's not a seller thing, nah I'm on a different vibe, EX four nights Picking fights with a porcupine uni Out to paint and zoo, they wanna sue me On Cathedral Green, cracking like the smoking zooties That be smelling fruity, Jackie wanna hit that Chilling for a second and it's Tesco for a kick out The big bad kiddies down at Mackie's with their slip backs Thinking they're a boss, they rob their gal a Big Mac We really don't feel that I just peel back, think about this city that we live in and reveal facts And it's real that, real chat Me and Jack back to back, yeah we kill trap Till they're fully abused, I'm from PXC where there's nothing to do Me and Mr. Mace man, we're no fake plans, Exeter where you find all your fake times Causing trouble with apes in a glazed can Waved off my face, can't say I'm a change man Nigga, Mr. Mace man With no fake plans, Exeter Where you find all your fake times Causing trouble with apes in a glazed can Waved off my face, can't say I'm a change man Think you fly like a G6 Catch man tearing at the Phoenix East kid, Nigga, Mace runs a fucking G6 Go pop it's like with Jesus Levitating over Exeter And spotting out the reaches Blamming in the evening Scabbing on the streets like we're leaning Talents that we're teasing I prefer the cellar door for some reason Fuck the move, simply spit a bar Then I'm off to choose where I'm heading Down to key to smoke a blessing Or words less so for sessions My open method shit I'm by Gasego in the open lectures I'm so connected, the sequels are so damn effective Students into flats, flats into students It's so fucking hectic Busy's not the word while sipping on my lemsip I'm a St. Thomas boy and all of his best bits I said all of his so there's still a couple of poets left to go you lucky fucks in the meantime i just wanted to say a big massive thank you to everyone who's performed and has sent stuff in and shared their work for this episode so yeah thank you to uh, Carmina Masolova who you'll be hearing in a little bit a uh, big massive thank you as well to Malaika to Laurie to uh, MCMC Spoken to more or less from Devon Boys um, if you want to you can find out more about all of those people by hitting them up on the various social medias um, so you can search for more or less on SoundCloud that's M-O-R-A-L-E-S-S to hear some of uh, yes, here's some of his music along with his uh, collaborations with Devon Boys. That's Devon Boys with a Z, naturally. Um, you can find Malaika on Twitter at Malaika Kagodi. Carmina as well is at Carmina Poetry. Uh, Meg is at MCMC Spoken. You can find out more about Laurie Eves and what he's up to by visiting laurieeves.com. Uh, and yeah, if you want to buy a pamphlet from MCMC Spoken, you can hit her up on her Facebook page or a Twitter and get one there. With Malaika, Laurie and Carmina, they're all published by the wonderful Burning Eye Books. Uh, so you've got Malaika's Requite, uh, you've got Laurie Eve's Biceps and you've got Carmina's Circles. For all three of those, you can visit burningeyebooks.bigcartel.com. For MCMC Spoken, if you wanted to buy a pamphlet from her, you'll have to hit her up on her social media, so on her Twitter or Facebook page. Uh, or if you're already down in Cornwall in one of your holiday homes, then uh, why not go and visit her in person and just cough on some locals on the way? Um, this has been really nice to share some stuff. Um, I wanted to say a big massive thank you to Kerry Priest for her help with production and to Hal Kelly for making the music for the show. And I wanted to leave you just before we go to Carmina with a uh, another poet that we're sneaking in. Um, this is a poet called Diksha Verenda. Um, she is someone, one of the many people who's come along recently to a spork and performed in the open mic and has uh, just absolutely blown everybody away, uh, which is always the exciting thing about having these open mics. And so we felt like... Um, yeah, it, it would be amazing to be able to share some of her work more widely. So this is Deeksha reading one of her poems. Hi, I'm Deeksha and this is my poem, Screaming Women. Once I imagined a city of screaming women, arms splayed across the clouds and backs arched. 
Tonight I leave my tongue in my chest, let myself curl into my spine and fall asleep. Tonight I will not talk about how most places I have been, I have been frightened to speak, to appear, how most places my body does not feel like a body but a prop against the skyline, pulled in and out of being at my command. Sometimes I am nothing but the time I am given. It's strange what happens to a girl who grows up mistaking love for dotted bruises against her collarbones. There is something inside her that never really knows how to heal, but still blooms across her chest, some sort of beating heart, some sort of phantom limb. She will yearn for this violence for the rest of her life. Tonight, I imagine a retelling of my skin. Here are the hollowed out veins, here is the ribcage fragmented against her lungs, and somewhere her ravenous throat, there is always a need, a merciless hunger, here is the woman learning her body. Tonight, I return to silence, somewhere there are women screaming, a song, a cry, a waking city. And finally, it's time for our headliner and our last performance of this show. And I'm not going to say too much about her, except, yes, well, you're going to hear what an incredible poet she is. Um, I will just say go and buy her book because it's not only full of gorgeous poetry, uh, it's also really beautifully illustrated. Um, Yes, and, and do go and check out some more of her stuff. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Spork, and this is our headliner, Kamina Masolova. Hi, so my name is Carmina Masolova and I'm going to be sharing some poems with you from space rather than in person. And um, I'm going to start with a couple of poems from my book Circles, which was published by Burning Eye. And the first piece is an extract from the start of the book and um, I'll also read Uh, one more short extract from it later. So this is Circles. My face cold and pale. I levitate above my bed to feel the empty space around me. Why do I receive you when I'm ill? I close my eyes and I feel the faint warmth of your body like fever. I have met strangers sat on fences, they claim to love me, but I just blew them away with the smoke from my cigarette. I ran away into the shower and it sang to me and then laughed at me as it took away the water. And I joined in. Because there is not much else you can do when a shower is mocking you in your nakedness. I am water. As I wash my hair, it hangs down and drip, drip, drip and I become soluble in the room which is all dripping. The mirrors crash to the ground like sea waves hitting sandy bays. You left me. You left me standing in a tangle of long grass so far away and small I will become a simple strand of grass blowing in the wind as it rushes by fields like thin glass mirrors of green reflecting one another. I blend into insignificance. So um, Circles is uh, an epic poem with uh, illustrations done by myself and it was inspired by Sarah Kane's 448 Psychosis and there's no no real need to to have knowledge of um, this play but um, it, it thematically links to ideas of love and loss and um, so in exploring the idea of uh, love, um, uh, this short piece, um, which makes up the, the whole, um, explores the idea of soulmates. At the beginning of time, we were one. A moon-made cartwheel with four legs, four arms and a face like a tragic comedy mask, moulded into a monster through divine eyes split with a stroke of light. So now laughter exists as a distant echo in search of half a human damned by this desire. A hollow cry through a tunnel with no light. But you were my light.
So the next piece I'm going to share is a new one. Uh, it's very fresh and as yet untitled. And it explores again the idea of love, but kind of um, on the flip side, getting to a point where um, you don't believe in this idea of soulmates anymore. And the idea that there are different types of love and kind of questioning what is love. My first love was really infatuation. It was chaos theory in action inside my stomach as a million butterflies fluttered their wings at every touch, every message, every chord, every note. When they eventually all died, they became moths to me. My longest love was really codependency. I gave all my love and care until I was drained of blood, martyred myself, said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. When he said he didn't want it again this time, I healed myself. But I transferred those feelings and the next love and the next love and the next love was really just fantasy. I built expectations out of laughter and validation and affection and sex and thought something stable might come of it. Was aghast and screaming into pillows when the house I imagined came crumbling down and now I'm left with a pile of dust at my feet but at least my toenails are painted. So I also thought it might be interesting to share some poems from the time that I actually wrote Circles because this was actually a long time in the making in terms of the form that it is today. And it was initially um, a project with Apples and Snakes where I worked with Malika Booker um, alongside other poets, um, including Selina Nwulu, who is um, quoted on the book along with Malika Booker. And um, uh, we worked on these pieces and um, that was many, many years ago now. Um, and so it's great to have it as it is today. But I also wanted to kind of explore um, the kind of emotional truth that's within the poetry, um, which, as I said, is kind of, um, it's kind of a, a fictionalised story, but um, the heart of it is an emotional truth um, of love and loss. And um, so this, um, the next few poems actually explore um, the illness of my then partner's mother. And this um, takes place after the loss. And it's called, I thought I saw you on the coach from Stowmarket to Mark's Tay. I know it's not you because I can't imagine you reading Paul O'Grady's autobiography, but there's this woman sitting across from me that reminds me of you. She reminds me of you between the months of around June to December 2013. But I know it's not you because when she was outside the coach asking the driver for a seat at the front and I said, there's one here. As I moved my bag, she got on and sat on the other one. She doesn't even look like you. She just looks like the cancer that made you swollen like a bruised peach. And I know it's not you because it started raining now. And if you were in this coach, the sunshine would break through the clouds. I know it's not you, but I wish it were. Because looking back, those eight months went too fast. And I didn't even get the chance to visit you when they knew it was coming to an end. I was so sure you would come back home like you did before because a Christmas without you would be too cruel. And the last time you spoke to me, my presence made you cry. Perhaps because of the measuring out of time, how much had changed, how I'd talked to you like nothing was wrong, ignoring the bare patches on your scalp. And I thought you wanted me to leave the room, but I wish I'd just given you a hug. I know it's impossible. I know it's not you, but now a rainbow has appeared. The windscreen wipers stopped. Shadows race down the motorway. I can see the blue sky. And I think maybe there's a bit of you everywhere. Right, this uh, next piece 
um, is again uh, to do with the the same the same um, person, and um, it's also worth mentioning, I guess, the kind of references that I'm bringing up in these poems um, related to a long distance relationship that I was in at the time. Um, so from me being in London to um, them being in Norwich. Um, so yes, some of the next couple of poems have references to um, uh, to Cromer, um, which is a coastal town nearby and um, have uh, lots of fond memories there, but um, some also tinged with this sadness as well. This is called Islander. You are an island. Sometimes you feel stepped upon when you only want to show you what beauty you possess. You can't bear the sea's reflection. We want to climb your palm trees, but the days you have strength enough to go uphill, let alone carry us on your backs, dwindle. I visit on weekends and holidays and nobody knows what is right anymore, how to move forward when each wave seems to drag you back. The bungalow sail falls through, so the bathroom is redecorated instead. But now, I stand under the subtle flow of water and with the normality of shower gel and shampoo, I mourn you. You will never see these tiles so new and clean. Now you're unreachable, underground, underwater, from Lisbon to Cromer. I feel the push and pull of the tide, how you taught us lessons in happiness. The good you did. Not good enough to warrant this. And the air feels different now. This time last year you were diagnosed. I didn't believe the numbers and the false fluctuation. I don't believe it now. Like there must be some way to sail or swim towards your shore. We will you to return like you've taken a trip somewhere. Like me. To feel your troubles wash away in the sea. So I think uh, this is going to be my last one. And this one is a poem that combines some of the memories of that time and the memories of, of childhood. And um, yeah, for me, um, the sea um, is one of uh, the happiest places. And, and yet um, there can be such tragedy connected with it and with memory. Chroma, summertime. The sun becomes our god as if our world revolves around it. We forget its burn, the cancers it carries. At the caravan site, we undress in cramped cubicles and soon leave your mum and her friend roll down towards the shore in swimwear. The sea feels as harsh as hell, scorches our skin with its coldness until we learn its rhythm as it strokes us in a way that speaks of heaven. I've always loved to swim, to inhale the salty sea air, vinegar-soaked chips, even on overcast days. I went to Scarborough Beach once with my family, a whirlwind of fairground rides, crashing waves, candy floss melting on our tongues. Now we swim together. Our blood circulates and makes us warmer as the sun glitters across the water's ripples. The only ferris wheels turn on the chair your mum now sits in, making tire tracks to the top of the hill. She will never swim again. But she sucks in salty air and laughs with her friend. In Scarborough, I used to build sand castles with my cousins, sink our toes into the ground to one of the scared the air might swallow us up. I remember the sun hats on our heads, beach towels occupying sand like fallen castle flags. I didn't know then that sun smell, sunscreen smells of nostalgia. I can't go to a beach without gorging at whole, to exhale, to let go. Even though swimming or spinning doesn't mix with sweets, as my cousin learnt later. I think she threw up. Sick from the hospital treatment, your mum's sweet tooth has been replaced by a case of medication that looks like Skittles, Smarties, jelly beans, multicoloured millions and millions of pounds of research haven't helped her punished lungs. The only cigarettes she ever had were chewable. 
no smoke. They were made of chalky sugar, just the game they used to play as kids. And back then, me and my cousins made ourselves sick on sweets. Now your mum does everything the doctors say. She forgets it's nausea. That the promise it carries may be empty. One day soon, she will stop breathing. I hope to always remember the look on her face at those magnum ice lollies, at the sunshine in summer. That's something you said to make her laugh. Thank you for listening. Um, and um, I hope everyone is all well. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to my poems. Um, Again, uh, the book circles is available from Burning Eye, so you can get that from Big Cartel, either them or me. And um, once again, thank you. Mm-hmm.